I believe with every fibre of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit The Final Countdown. I'm Rebecca Hudson and sadly I am not being joined by anyone from the think tank UK in a changing Europe. Um, We've been sadly ghosted yet again by a research associate there who was going to discuss their very comprehensive report on no deal Brexit. But I'm not upset because I have got Paul Baldwin, head of news and express.co.uk columnist to join me. Hello. Hello. And down the line, we have our man in Brussels, Europe editor Joe Barnes. Hello. Uh, and we are our very own think tank. Think what have they got? It. Yeah, exactly. What He's missing out. Anyway, uh, guys, we might have 57 days to go until Brexit, so we should probably move on. Not a good start for Boris last night. Uh, and maybe good news for people who wanted to avoid a no-deal Brexit. Uh, for those of you who weren't paying attention last night, Boris Johnson suffered a historic defeat in the Commons, 328 votes to 301, at the hands of the very cringeworthily named the Rebel Alliance. Oh, they love that. That so is so much, cringe, isn't it? It's such a dad WhatsApp <laughs> group name. <laughs> Are you in a... I don't ask well, <laughs> the, the Rebel Alliance, I, I decided was a, a new party game. Um, you can... The Rebel Alliance, for anyone that doesn't know, is, um, if, as any well self-respecting nerd knows, is the Star Wars group right. that took on Darth Vader and the Death Star. <laughs> okay, so I, I started this morning thinking, well, okay, who in the Rebel Alliance, what is their character in Star Wars? And I thought, pudgy Speaker Burko could make quite a good R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanders off on his own all the time, doing yes. whatever he fancies, yeah. listening to his own bleeping, and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Philip Hammond would make a very good C-3PO, who is the famously robotic, terrified of everything, but absolutely assured of his own righteousness uh, <laughs> robot, which I thought was perfect yeah, Hammond material. Is Carrie Fisher in the Rebel Alliance? Carrie Fisher is in the Rebel That's Alliance. That's Anna Subri. That is, yes. Do you agree? Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Mad yeah. she just, the mad she just needs hair. To, just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where does Jabba the Hutt feature? Oh, who could be Jabba? But Nicholas Soames, but he's... <laughs> R.I.P. Nicholas not actually dead, but he's about to maybe lose his job. Um, yeah, so that that coterie of, of individuals last night kind of uh, will f- have enabled uh, a motion to pave the way for a bill today, which will allow us to debate uh, preventing an O'Doyle Brexit. Is that right? Uh, it's as no. right as you... Oh, go on, Joe, what's your take? Did he say no? Well, let's, remem- let's remember, however hard they try it, the only way to take no deal off the table is to either revoke Article 50 or pass a deal. They're just simply kicking the can down the road and delaying yeah. the agony apologies. that we've had. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no. This, this, is their mis- this is their misreading of the situation. They're going, oh, let's take no deal off the table. But what they're really doing is just prolonging the agony for... The voters who have wanted Brexit done for, well... Yeah, I, I think, don't apologise, Rebecca, because if you think you understand this, you just ain't concentrating what? hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess what you picked up on there, Joe, is the idea that, yeah, everyone, people are hoping that this will uh, avoid a no-deal Brexit because, as we know, thank God for think tanks like UK and a Changing Europe, who last night published a very comprehensive report uh, into what they think would be the impact of a no-deal Brexit on the UK. It didn't make for cheery reading, and it also wasn't very fun to read in our own time, but it was good to broaden, it was good to learn, wasn't it? It was, uh, I, I did stay up late 
Yeah, we're all up there reading. It's like I've got a well-thumbed um, copy of this now. I was, Why? Uh, <laughs> I was only really disappointed to see that they weren't promising us seven years pestilence and a plague of frogs <laughs> should we have a no-deal Brexit. Yeah. Because as a piece of balanced reporting goes, it was um, it was like... Every, every every time, if I had if I had a pound for uh, every time somebody sends me a, first of all, a report saying uh, Brexit will be terrible and all this terrible stuff will happen, and then it doesn't happen, mm. I'd probably have about twenty seven pound. Um, then you could but, buy an, another delicious brew from Craven Coffee, which also, is where Paul went this morning, bizarrely, to get the coffee run. Never well, heard of it. Also, here's here's an absolute truth. I've done this for many years, and I've had trillions of reports coming in from everything from a political or economic uh, analysis to National Sausage Week or whatever. But the, it is obvious that whatever report I get sent absolutely reflects the opinions and beliefs of mm. the people commissioning the report. Yeah. National Sausage Week never says, we've got a new report, it says sausages will kill you. <laughs> it's just, no, it's no. just that's never going to happen. And the same with political and economic reports. They always prove the point of the people who've already got uh, an axe to grind or an angle. Yeah, okay. And I think, and I, yeah, it probably doesn't take much colouring in to figure out that UK and a changing Europe from a kind of then, then liberal it, yes, London it, yeah. institution maybe it would, it would be very interesting to find out. There's quite a lot of people behind this report and it mm. would have been very interesting if they'd made bare the way they voted, I think. Oh, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. So anyway. Uh, yeah. So I, I took it with a slight pinch of salt, I have to say. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've had... Yellow Hammer, we've had kind of ve- we've had a lot of what we call on this uh, podcast Project Fear, um, and it would have been really interesting to have had a robust discussion with maybe it, a research it, it associate indeed. there today um, to have discussed it. But that's okay. You just, um, just stick to uh, stick to the times. I did that's do fine. Um, a little bit of homework on this. And yeah, I mean, we all out, bloody did. <laughs> <laughs> Even I dug Joe. Out three th- three reports, which um, well, make of them what you will. J.P. Morgan said in just after the 2016 referendum. Scotland would leave the UK and have a new currency by now. Um, haven't noticed that happening, so mm. sorry about that, JP Morgan. Goldman Sachs promised us a recession in 2017. Uh, in fact, growth was up 1.4% on all predictions that year. And uh, HM Treasury promised us half a million job losses and uh, absolute um, Britain going back to the Iron Age, basically. What actually happened is we have more people employed in Britain than we ever have before. So mm. what I'm saying is, it's there's there's a there's kind of an old adage that economists predict 15 of the next two recessions. They, um, <laughs> it's very clever. I think that. Vince Cable <laughs> predicted more than that, didn't he? <laughs> but they, you know, economists do predict um, the worst, not the best. Joe, have you had a chance to pore over this report uh, that was released I'm, last night? I, I have done, um, and. The interesting point, I think, is actually they're looking further than the immediate aftermath of what they believe no deal is, which is kind of customs checks, flights being grounded. What they're actually talking about a bit more is what happens in the next 10 years, where do we go from there? How how do we start reaching a, a deal with the EU while we're trying to reach deals with hundreds of other people? Are we capable of doing that? Um, so how does that affect not the immediate aftermath, which could be chaotic, it could be normal, we don't know. We'll find out. Or how in 10 years, when we're actually trying to build up new structures, because remember, EU trade deals traditionally take about eight years to negotiate. So if we're going to start from no deal, we might not have a deal with the EU for eight years. And we can sign up to their kind of unilateral no deal arrangements, which allow planes to land, which allow kind of Brits to live, live in Europe and so and such. But a real question 
isn't that ceding back sovereignty to the EU by letting them decide what no-deal mini-deals we accept? Exactly. Well, that was what was interesting about this report was that the kind of thrust of it and the kind of thing that I think is interesting is that they're saying that far from getting Brexit done, no-deal Brexit actually prolongs the agony of this process because for all the reasons that Joseph said. So as soon as you're kind of a third country, which I think is the phrase, yeah. you know, we then have to start negotiating access back to things like all their EU databases for security. Um, there's obviously all the kind of nonsense around like goods and manufacturing. We, we won't even talk about Northern Ireland because it's way too complicated, but just, you know, what happens to the financial sector in the UK? Um, what happens to EHIC? Of- all that kind of stuff. But there's all those, com- all those things that we currently have, we'd have to just negotiate again. So rather than 31st of October, do or die, we're done. It actually signs us up for another 20, 30 years of these discussions which that, is not what any of us want no but that is that is a, a point of view one what this report oh, said you don't buy no, well it doesn't necessarily follow does it it's all about oh. political will and economics and um there is an argument that we can in the short term cut and paste eu rules into on whatever new deal we set up mm. um and proceed from there but it is all about political will and whether the eu want to make us look terrible and punish us uh, even though they will be shooting themselves in the foot at the same time, because the BMW is starting to not sell cars over here, and that is going to get worse and worse. Why are you not buying a, your annual BMW? No, I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for my Dodge to be <laughs> coming tax-free from the States. That's going to make you very popular in <laughs> in genteel Brighton. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, with my V8. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gas-guzzling Dodge. Gas, yeah, exactly. Take that, Brighton. Joe, <laughs> Joe what, what's been the response... Um, uh, in Europe today, kind of following, it was a kind of epic day in the common in the house in the House of Commons yesterday, wasn't it? I mean, we had a very laconic Jacob Rees-Mogg. We had that awful man picking his nose. That was, that was foul, wasn't it? And then there was also some politics. We're not saying who it was because there's a great story on the website Express.co.uk where you can spot it. Um, so it was a really interesting day for us. So what's what have they been saying over there? Are they is anyone kind of relieved by what's happened? Do they feel like Boris's wings have been clipped? Or, as you were saying, are they just like, these Brits, they don't get it. There's only two ways to end Brexit, and it wasn't what you guys did last night. Um, so, immediate aftermath, I had a, I, was, I was with a group of British journalists. In, were you in, in the, the pub? Watching yeah. on. Yes, because where else do you, where else are no, you going to have a dinner yes. party? Or I was very disappointed <laughs> if you weren't, to be honest, Joe. Um, and so we were watching, and tech started flooding in amongst us, amongst our sources. And one European source replied back going, ha, 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 laughing, going. But then others were kind of going, actually, this doesn't leave us in any different situation. Because basically what the EU have been asking for is clarity, and an election doesn't provide clarity. Because it's just, again, prolongs the kind of, the negotiations, the agony, and whatever's going on. But um, actually, if we go back in the day before the Commons kind of kicked off, what did happen was a member of Michel Barnier's negotiating team briefed the EU, 20, EU 27 ambassadors, basically saying, look, we still haven't had any concrete proposals from Boris Johnson. We are really concerned, and that means our no-deal predictions are going through the roof now. It's closer than ever, which we kind of get every week anyway, kind of the reality of a deadline. Um but what's interesting is they're kind of they're cooling on the idea of the backstop actually being solved. And they're going actually what Boris really wants is he wants a free trade agreement like a Canada arrangement, which doesn't have a lot of scope um, for regulatory alignment, which basically makes the Irish border really tough. And without kind of having substantial talks on it, they they don't see a way forward. So no deal is again back on the working assumption after a bit of positivity over the last few weeks. But it's it's really. 
it's it's like that Bleak House jaundice and jaundice case because you can't see a way forward because even the 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 idea of an election is probably a non-starter because um, we're in this bizarre situation where we have the, the Tories in government saying we don't want an election but trying to arrange one. Yes. And you've got the Labour Party who who tell us they've wanted an election with every fibre of their being for three years, now running scared from actually having an election. Yeah, The whole thing is just so... You can, you bo- could, it gets more bizarre by the hour. It's balmy. So for the benefit of, of everyone, Boris has said that if he loses the vote today and the Commons are able to pass a bill that would prevent, I'm putting it in air marks, whatever it's called, Joe. Quote marks. Prevent, quote marks. There's quote marks going on over here, Joe. I'm quoting. Which is, uh, <laughs> prevent a no-deal Brexit. Boris then says, I will be forced, and I don't want to do it, hold a general election, which would be around October 14th. So that's kind of why general elections are now buzzing. But we know, ever since Boris and Ms. Carey moved into number 10 with that cute papa, they've been <laughs> prepping for an election. That's what they want, isn't it? They want to, they want to, they want to harness all that Facebook data. We've all seen the Channel 4 doc. And, yeah, they want to win an election, isn't it? Isn't, I, isn't I think it would clear the air a little bit. And there's a, there's a risk of ending up um, like Theresa May. But looking at it today, you, you look at the the sort of hardcore Remain element in the country. And it's very localised. It's very Islington North, Islington South, Cambridge, Bristol, small patches. And when you look at the rest of the country and the way we, we run for our first-past-the-post politics... Uh, and even there was a report out this morning saying that uh, there's about 22, 23 key marginals in the north that right. Boris could take, it, specifically because of his do-or-die, gung-ho yeah. Brexit policy. So don't be surprised. You know That's why the Labour Party don't want an election. Because they know they're going to look, yeah. There's a, a very good chance that he will get back a working majority and he'll be able to do get on with anything that he wants to get and then, on with. So then we have the election in mid-October and then we potentially still leave without a deal on uh, the 31st of October. Indeed. Is that correct, yeah. Joe? Um, it's a possibility. It's a kind of, it's a working factor that the EU have kind of factored in. And they go, actually, if Boris does secure a big enough majority, he can do whatever the hell he wants. He could put Theresa May's old deal back through the Commons. He could put a, a Northern Ireland-only backstop. Or he could simply just go, actually, no deal, let's walk away. Because he has the Commons power and he will have that for five years under the Fixed Terms Parliaments Act. Yeah, that, that's exactly what the Labour Party is terrified, terrified of. Terrified of. So yeah. if you were betting people, which I think you probably are, what would you think, put, put on your John Curtis polling hat, what would you think the outcome of a GE would be? Uh, Do we I, see a Tory Brexit party pact? Do you see a Remain alliance? They'd oh, have to. But are we, uh, we were running a poll this morning, mm. which, was, uh, which will make fairly scary reading for the Tory party because... Uh, it was basically which way would you vote in a general election? And um, of our readers, 52% um, uh, voted Conservative. We're happy to vote for Boris. But 33 or 34% um, wanted the Brexit party. Now, that is a, that's a catastrophic split in the Tory vote. Mm. And uh, he, Boris and Nigel Farage will have to heal that rift before he goes to the country. And, or, and do we think maybe he, there are... Would we, if we were suspicious people, perhaps that those conversations have been had? Do we think that that's a likely thing that Boris would do some sort of electoral pact with? I, I mean, don't it, think it'll be a huge. Show. This is a lot of uh, newspapers were reporting this morning what a humiliation last night was, and Boris didn't see it coming. You think Cummings and Boris didn't see this coming? Mm. Everyone saw it coming, yeah. and there will be contingency plans in place. Um, what those are remains to be seen. Yeah. Who can second guess that? I don't know. But. We've already seen some interesting softening from the Brexit party, though, haven't we? We've had lots of 
we are country over party, so, you know, saying that they'd be prepared to not stand in seats if there was still the promise of a no-deal Brexit. So the rhetoric is soft, yeah, 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 overtures already. So, yeah, yeah, one would imagine that there's been maybe a few cosy chats between... Maybe Nigel gets a nice plum seat. Plum seat, yeah. And a a job in the cabinet. Cabinet, yeah. Could you go in the Lords? I think think the Lords is a more sensible kind of option for him, because I I, I just don't see, call me cynical, but I just don't see the Brexit party having any sort of impacts in a first-past-the-post-election. It's just not the system made for having them come in. And you've also got to remember, they're targeting a lot of seats in the North who are anti-Thatcherite. And what are, the, what, are their two, what are the two Brexit Party leaders, Richard Tice and Nigel Farage? You've described them as Thatcherites. Mm. So why are they going to vote for... You, they're going like, to Labour heartlands, Brexit or not, will still stick with Labour because that's what they that's know. That completely flies like. against what someone like Darren Grimes, who obviously we had in a couple of weeks ago from a working class mining community in Dur- County Durham, wasn't it? Who was saying that? I mean, yeah, these are people who have traditionally voted Labour who now just feel utterly betrayed by that party. They see them as quinoa avocado toast munchers, who you know. So maybe uh, you know these this Brexit has divided the country kind of beyond any recognition, hasn't it? So all that old tribal stuff. I had a slight online debate the other day, Uh-oh. and it was someone with a um, works for the College of Europe, uh, what I would call a true EU believer, and she suggested that every young person in the UK supported Remain. So I said, "Have you got any non-partisan?" genuine research to suggest that and she said yes there's lots out there so i just suggested back and said actually there was some done by a remainer group which is just as bad and just as criticized as what the telegraphs kind of no deal do it do what it takes brexit poll which was heavily criticized by experts but realistically what people care about in the uk is they would only revolt and change tone if love island is kicked off the telly if sky sports is banned People don't actually care that much Joe, about Brexit, right. about the Labour Party, about the Conservative Party. What they care about is reality TV on the telly, football at the weekend, uh, and that they can still get a pint in the pub. Remember as well that... Oh, I think in, that's highly patronising. No, 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 <laughs> no really it's borne out. I've... In the referendum, in the 2016 referendum, in the 18 to 24 age group, one in three could be bothered walking 10 minutes down the road and putting a cross in a box, getting off their phone for 10 minutes, putting their laptop down for mm. 10 minutes to put a cross in a box. But Stop sending news they were the first, and just get to the polling but, Isn't that but, what they're all doing, these, the, these young But now, the, this is the group that is saying, oh, you've, you've hijacked our future, blah, 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 blah. Well, do your democratic duty. Get off your arse and get into a polling booth. Yeah. And then you don't have to moan about it and try and occupy the streets three years later, do you? <laughs> It's just so infuriating. No, compl- no but the but the political climate in this culture, bet- in this country, before the referendum and after, has completely changed. And yeah, I mean, before that, you could yeah. get eighteen-year-olds off their phones, yeah. you know, not uh, eating Mars bars. Is now maybe, you can't move for them. Maybe they'll like, wake up and smell the coffee. I don't know. But the yeah, last time, no, I th- I, yeah, I think you don't vote, you don't get to moan. Simple as that. Absolutely, that's definitely the man, the motto of this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. If you don't turn up, you yeah. don't get. A, yeah, yeah. You definitely don't yeah, get a fair yeah. hearing. But I, yeah, I think I disagree in this whole like as long as there's Mars bars in the fridge, whatever the expression is, because I think young people are super galvanized. I think everyone's yeah. super galvanized, aren't they? I mean, you, you can't move for old people being wheeled out uh, for boxes or young people being wheeled out for boxes. I mean, the spectrums. Are, it, it would be interesting. Can't be the last turnout was seventy two percent. Yeah, it's going to be bloody bigger. Yeah, yeah. Think about yeah. the dogs in polling booths yeah. tweets. It's got to be millions, well, Joe. No, but let, let's look at the 
European election turnouts, which was our last national election, only 37% of people came out to vote. What does that say? More than more than have ever voted in it before. No, technically, technically the 2004 was more. So it was slightly up on 2014. That was an odd election, though, wasn't it? That was an election we weren't supposed to be having, Joe. But it doesn't matter. Only 37% of people came out. And you had the Brexit party claiming victory. You had Remainers going, oh, actually, we've got more votes. It shows actually people don't really care that much. And what they probably want is this done and just... I, I so, think that's absolutely yeah, true. Yeah, no, we all I, agree I, on just done, but I think to suggest people don't care is, is I don't think... I think they might care about this one. <laughs> I think this, we this care, is, Joe. This is basically well, I, I, a referendum I'm, I'm, too, I'm, isn't it? Yeah. You know, to yeah. All, to I, all I'm intents and purposes. We're, we're, I think we're overlooking kind of the importance in people's kind of caring attitudes at the moment. Like, if you go to... I, I visited a pub on a weekend in, in the summer in Southend and people yeah. asked me what's going on and most people just went, you know what? I don't care. I'm just bored of it on the news. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think we Brexit. We need to raise our game, then, don't we? Brexit, the this podcast. Yeah, uh, Brexit exactly. fatigue so, is real, but I think it, people matter. Um, this is fascinating, but it's becoming a little bit uh, boring. So oh. we don't have an opinion on what the outcome of an election will be. Uh, no, my opinion is that it would be not a Boris landslide, but a, a working majority, which would propel, propel us potentially towards. Which obviously he leaving. lost, uh, thanks to Mr. Lee, who yeah, changed sides Yeah, sashayed away, today. didn't he? Okay, so Joe, Brussels, and Europe—they're still kind of preparing for No Deal, aren't they? They've been granted this. Um, this hilarious emergency fund to prep for no deal, which is typically used for natural catastrophes like forest fires. That is absolutely correct. Um, so forest fires, volcanoes, floods, earthquakes, it's all been used for. Um, so if we go back uh, to 2009, um, 300 million euros was given to Italy after an earthquake killed 48 people. In 2013, 300 million was channeled into Germany for pretty significant floods. And now the European Commission sees a way forward of its promise, basically lots of countries, mainly Ireland, um, funds, relief funds, in the event of no-deal Brexit. Um, so the way of it distributing, it's added Brexit to its list of natural disasters mm. in the European Solidarity Fund. <laughs> I mean, it would be funny if it wasn't so serious. So serious, it, yeah. They, they're obviously um, worried about the 39 billion quid they're going to be short of. Yeah, uh, quite. This time next year, probably, maybe. I'm looking knows, forward to spending you know. it. Well, no, Sajid Jav is about to spend it for us today, isn't he? Because we've got the spending, we've got a spending review. I think he's spending two billion. They always spend two billion, apparently. (laughs) I mean, yeah, magic money tree gag. The immediate worry is the 11 billion for the 2020 budget, which 11 billion euros, which Britain would have paid in during the transition period. Okay. Mm. So the EU are making kind of manoeuvres for that. And that's another, so the commission is about to release a load of no deal kind of notices. And one of them is a notice and a regulation change that's going to allow Britain to still pay into the EU budget in 2020. So if we do feel generous and want to send some cash across, uh, we can. can't really see Boris going for that, can you? No, I it's not like Harvest Somehow. Festival, is it, where you no. send money to some unfortunates? I'm not Maybe sure we should we'll be sending money a food to the bank EU. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, this, is an, this, is an interesting, this is an interesting element, is the EU, in the event of no deal, said they won't come back to the table unless the £39 billion euros or pounds whatever we're calling it these days is yeah. paid up the irish border is basically satisfied so some form of a backstop is put in and then citizens rights are guaranteed so let's we i guess we've really got to see how hard-nosed europe is going to be so previously under martin selmayr 
who had yeah. been kind of sacked from his job at the top of the commission and sent to head up their delegation in Austria, he used to think that the UK would be running back to Brussels within a matter of weeks to start restart negotiations, be handing over cash, saying okay. the backstop's fine, we're going to go with it. So now I think we'll see how they change and maybe that no deal, no negotiating platform might change a little bit, but that is currently why they're doing all this regulatory change to basically allow British money to flood in. Okay. Do, do you think, um, see what I, I couldn't help but think last night, there's a kind of perfect catch-22 going on in Parliament and the, in the, the only way to get um, a kind of Brexit that Parliament would vote for is to have no deal in the back pocket as a negotiating tool. But of course, Parliament won't allow no deal to be in the back pocket as a negotiating tool. So you end up with a, a, a perfect catch-22. And is it is it no? Would you think that if Boris does it does it would be allowed to have no deal as an option? He could negotiate a non no deal solution. So he doesn't really want no deal like nobody does really, but he needs that as firepower to go into to to bat for the you know for Brexit basically. Well, the the EU understands that no deal can never be taken off the table unless you pass a deal or revoke Article Fifty. So they're always going to work. I'm contrary to kind of beliefs, and Boris Johnson's been calling them our friends across the channel a lot. They're actually trying to be quite friendly and quite helpful. So today. Okay. Um, Michelle Barnier's team are meeting David Frost, who, again, who is the basically Boris Johnson's chief negotiator. David Frost is taking a a team of experts on regulatory and customs, and they're going to break the backstop down point by point and see what can be changed. And so basically the EU are trying to facilitate some sort of, it might not be called a renegotiation, but it essentially is. They're going to alter or try and alter if they can find an acceptable landing zone, the backstop to enable a deal through the commons. So, so the although no we're, deal, we're not allowed to say they're renegotiating the backstop, they are renegotiating the backstop. Essentially, yes. Um, so I, I put it to a kind of one of my sources the other the other week. And yeah. Said, would the EU's insistence on renegotiating the withdrawal agreement not be rejected again if that's softening? And they said yes, absolutely. But technically, it's not doing the withdrawal agreement. The backstop is a separate protocol, so they can tweak the wording. And there's already a lot of wording in the backstop that basically enables it to be chiselled away. So the backstop can uh, exist in whole or in part. So the backstop will always be there. Um, the EU are saying it has to do the same jobs, but maybe what they are saying now is it doesn't have to cover as much. So we could have a mini backstop which only covers so agricultural that's and almost farm more amazing than anything that happened last night, really, isn't it? That that was always an absolute. Uh, casting stone article of faith the backstop mm. wasn't shifting and if they're shifting on that even a, even a little bit that's yeah no progress, there, there, is, right? there is there is there is there is progress you, you, that's right so they're sitting down for serious talks today like you don't just bring a team of officials over from britain to meet the commission if you don't have serious objectives yeah. so they're, they're yeah. actually trying to hammer something out and they're both they might not be close at the moment but they're both trying to find a landing zone so work is going on and say so, Boris is right to kind of say, look, we are making, we haven't had any substantive progress, but we're actually making kind of moves where we might find a deal or something happening. So I don't think we're a million miles from each other at the moment. So the deal actually is probably a bigger option than no deal, I think, at the moment. So what you, I, I couldn't quite work out last night. The, there's um, the Rebel Alliance <laughs> want to extend 
uh, want to move the date from October the 31st to, I think, January the 31st. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't figure out what possible use that could be, but is that a possible use for it then, for more proper talks on, no... on things like the backstop? Yeah, so I, I presume they want to, the idea would be that you could extend to the 31st, um, which the EU have always said, we won't just allow you to extend for talks. What you do is you have to have a specific democratic kind of movement, which is widely regarded as a general election or a second referendum. Okay. So so what I guess the EU would say, yes, you can extend, but you're now going to have a general election and let's hope that provides a breakthrough. Or you have a second referendum and that, again, provides a breakthrough. So that is the only thing I can think of Hillary Benn kind of going for and saying, this is why we want to extend, because we think we need, we've got a democratic chance to break the impact. But I think what is really interesting is the Stephen Kinnock amendment. Just refresh our mm. memories. Oh, yeah, that one. So Stephen Kinnock, um, who is a Labour MP in a Leave seat, yeah. is putting an amendment forward to the No Deal Bill that would say, if his amendment passes, Theresa May's, existing Brexit deal should be put forward oh, to the MPs to vote on again. fourth time. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I did. So, um, but I think you're now starting to see a parliamentary arithmetic where No Deal and Boris has kind of upped the ante and put No Deal on the table. That Are you going to get 40, 30 Labour MPs coming across and saying, actually, look, let's just get Brexit done and we can have a general election after that or mm. let's get Brexit done because my, my, I'm scared that I might lose my seat in a, in a, in a general election. So I, I, I think there's, there's plenty so is, of scope, I is think. Kenna, um, I picked up on a new word this morning, a brigretta, uh, one of the MPs who... I was just going to well, say, yeah, I think you're called regretful <laughs> if regretful, you wish you had yeah, voted yeah. for Theresa May's yeah, deal but yeah. didn't and are now faced with yeah. a no-deal Brexit or another random I, 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 I would say I would say like the likes of him, Gloria Del Piero, Lisa Mandy um, are very much in that kind of scope so where they're actually yes? going yes I'd say so okay chaps so it's getting sexy today because we've got Boris's first PMQs. We do. It's getting sexy in here, but it's getting particularly sexy in politics because we've got PMQs at midday and then we go into when do we get the spending review after that? This afternoon I think. That used to be a massive deal before Brexit. Uh, You'd have been at work super early on the day for a. You wouldn't have had time for a craven coffee. It still is a super big deal, but it's just everything's paled into poor, poor second place. Isn't it? So, two billion quid coming out, God knows where. Sasha Javid's found it. Um, That'd be fun. And then we we get to have this debate tonight. What do we think, chaps? Is Boris going to lose? And are we going to wake up tomorrow morning with him trying to table, or him wanting to table an election under the fixed fixed term parliament act? It's massively hard to call. Almost certainly I would I'd, I'd probably go for that, yeah. But He's going to lose. Can't, it's so, we're, we're so far through the looking class, it's impossible to... Will our Corbyn and the Lib Dems going to back the election? Uh, no, at the moment. Uh, I think if, if Corbyn is the uh, best weapon the Tory party have at the moment, if it had been uh, any reasonable leader like a, a John Smith or even a Tony Blair, the Tories would be in real, real trouble. Um, come the yeah, election. I mean, yeah, no? <laughs> <laughs> agreed. I think if it, but any, we were saying, I think if it were anyone, uh, pretty much else, anyone apart from Corbyn. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. Yeah. Joe, if you were a gambling man, what would you say the outcome would be today? I have no idea on the election. You've had Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party posturing saying we won't vote 
an election unless you take no deal generally off the table. Yeah. Um, the Lib Dems are doing the same. So if they are kind of MPs of their word, there won't be an election. Oh, good grief. And then what happens? <laughs> I actually don't know. I haven't even got that in my notes. Do you know Mike Pence is here in the UK today? What the hell must he be thinking of yeah. all this? Yeah, Mike yeah. Pence, a lunatic. Yeah. I but, mean, this. I mean, he'll listen to this podcast and he'll get straight back on Air Force Two wherever they put the <laughs> Veep on, and he won't come back. Okay, so maybe an election, maybe not. God knows what happens if we don't. Um, but what we do know is that no, no deal is no longer is no more less of a threat than it was yesterday. Um, no, we, we haven't seemed to have we haven't moved it. forward other than it's uh, Boris's plan, which was to go in and play hardball um, with no deal. Yeah. Absolutely, is the major sort of baseball bat waving around the EU. Um, is clearly not going to happen. That's the, that's the only thing mm-hmm. we can definitely conclude. And everything else is just, it's, um, it's the, the arcana of British constitution and who knows what's going to come next because... People are finding little bits of, of, of constitutional law that we've never heard of, and they've never heard of till they just found it in the back of a dusty old, te- you know. Um, so who knows what's going to come back? It's, it's impossible to second guess. It's a spectator sport. Spectator sport. Well, okay. well but, but we all have a stake in it. We do. We bloody do, Paul. Do. Uh, I can't wait to do this podcast again next week. Uh, I really hope that whoever is booked in turns up because it does somewhat throw the order, doesn't it, when there's supposed to be someone else in the room? No, it's a bit like that... a seance. Are you there? No. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do. We should get a guest from the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we should, don't we need should, a, we should get a, yeah, a Remainer on. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been it's been funny. Okay. Uh, That's all it can be. We're, we're putting a brave face on. We're um, putting a brave face on this. Rather strange times. Strange, yeah, strange times yeah, yeah. in and out of the studio. Um, so this time next week we will convene. Who knows where we'll be, but it will be bloody exciting. It will and be. it's not where we're going. It's who's taking you there, isn't it? Always. And who, who wouldn't want to be with us? Right. See you next week. <laughs> Ta-ra. Thank you for listening to Brexit The Final Countdown. If you like what you heard, make sure you click subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, you could always leave us a review.